Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune into my podcast. So I am here with my favorite ever controversial Fernando. And you may see that as we as we talk, he takes breaks. He's smoking a cigar, enjoying a little drinky drink. Um, and so that's what's happening. But thank you, Fernando, for coming back on the podcast. I didn't have a choice. Because I asked him to nicely and he said no, so I coerced him. Anyway, <laughs> so Fernando gave me a wonderful idea. Um, and this is something that I've been meaning to talk about. But I think it's been too fresh and I just haven't felt ready. I think it still makes me feel a little bit emotional at times. Um, politics and how the differences between your beliefs and that of the people around you, your loved ones, family, friends, etc., affects your mental health. So, I've always been, and I think by now, anyone who's been listening to me for a long time is aware that I'm not a confrontational person. I am always open and receptive to all feedback. I want to hear differences. I want to learn from other people. I'm here for that. Um, But more recently, things have just taken such an ugly turn in society and it's affected me and it's affected the way that I feel about people close to me. As you guys know, I am pro human rights. I am pro LGBTQ. I am pro Black Lives Matter. I am opposed to kids being in cages. That is egregious, terrifying and sad. I'm here for the embracing of any and every culture and race. I am pro-police, but I am pro-police as long as they are doing a good job, going by the book. I am against police brutality. I am pro prison reform and rehabilitation. And so, you guys know where I stand. I'm pro-choice as well. And just to clarify, pro-choice does not mean pro-abortion. It just means I will not interfere with a woman's right to choose. So with that being said, those are my beliefs and naturally I respect anyone who feels differently um, as it relates to some of those beliefs. But I just think that basic human decency should call for people to, at the very least, show respect, empathy, and humanity for one another. And I've neglected to see that, especially this particular year. And so, Fernando, I want to ask you, 
how has politics affected you as of lately affected your mental health and how has it affected the way that you see some of the people around you um so first i'll state that i'm typically not a very political person i have strong political views and ideas but i don't subscribe to any political party and um, i don't particularly support individual political candidates i just i do my research and i support issues um however because the uh you know current political climate and particularly the presidential climate the debates and the um you know the, the candidates there um, my feelings for who I'm in favor for, which I won't get into that because that's not relevant, but my feelings for uh, individual uh, politicians has changed and I've gained a stronger uh, support for one than another um, because this you know, particular candidate that I dislike. And I've seen that a lot of people uh, support you know, their candidates with some level of blind faith and some level of uh, just a fervor, uh, a fanaticism that defines logic. And it's really opened up my eyes to the way that some people feel, the way that some people think. And um, when people are enabled, their ugly side comes out. And that's true with regards to anything, you know? Uh, nice person, a good-hearted person can become very mean, very mean-spirited, very nasty when given authority. I mean, you see that when a person that you work with gets a promotion and they change. You know, you know, you see how people are when they have the opportunity to be who they are when they're enabled. And I see certain people enabled by our current political climate. You see their true colors, and it starts to disgust you. Because there are certain things that most of us, most people, most good people, we covet as rights and wrongs. These are things that we believe are right and wrong regardless. I mean, we can argue about, you know, whether this person is ugly or pretty. We can argue whether or not, you know, pineapples on a pizza taste good or not. These are trivial matters. But there's certain values that we accept as certainly good and bad. And when you see people who are in support of something that you and most people deem to be generally just good, and sorry, in support of things that are generally just considered bad, or you know, not listening to reason and being very pig-headed, it changes your attitude. It changes how you see them. It changes the level of respect. And overall, it makes you question humanity, people. Thank you, Fernando, for sharing that feedback. I think that that's exactly the page that I'm on. And it's so unfortunate. And I think it's also, it's not just the the varying beliefs or the differences that I can't tolerate. I mean, that's hard in and of itself but it's the lack of receptiveness like you said that blind faith 
the not recognizing that human beings are fallible, even the politicians that we support. And for me, it's the aggression, the aggressive way in which these people that have different beliefs approach you, speak to you, address you, I find to be such a problem. What do you think, Fernando? I mean, I agree with what you're saying. And um, like I said, just reiterating the point is that you learn a lot of nasty things. I've had friends for years, decades, that I've been with and always been close. And uh, for whatever reason, this political climate has turned them into an ugly, ugly person that I don't like, that I just don't want to be around. Close friends. People are unbelievably rude, nasty, and aggressive, defending beliefs that I believe are fundamentally and morally bankrupt. And when you make an attempt to try to share what you feel definitely for them, they're completely and totally unresponsive to them. I just believe that too many people, and I understand that this is human nature, but far too many people are really only out for themselves. Far too many people don't really care about the welfare of others. If they can benefit in any way, even if it's slightly, even if it's marginal, to the detriment of another human being, they are more than willing to proceed. And I've been seeing that. I see that any trivial benefit that they believe, whether it's uh, uh, imagined or real, because some of the benefits that they believe they're going to derive from are going to, are, are not even realistic. But just the idea or the belief that they may is enough to oppress another people, to suppress the speech of another people. The hypocrisy that has been exposed in many people who are okay with one thing, but not okay with something else, even though they're the same thing. I'll give you a quick example without getting very political, but protesting. People want to get angry when you protest when that's our fundamental right. The truth is not the protests, the problem is not the protests. The problem is, is not, you know, people exercising protests. Is the, the, the point is that people don't want to hear what you have to say because they don't agree with it. Because if you protest over something that they want to hear, they're all for it. But our freedom does not work that way. Well, what about those people that say that they don't mind if you engage in a peaceful protest so long as there's no looting and no rioting? What would you say to them? Well, that's a multifaceted question uh, with different answers. But I would say that's that's mostly a lie. People say that so they can cover up the fact that they really just want to suppress your voice. Right. That's their cop-out. Because it's going to be an unpopular opinion for them to say that you don't have the right to protest. So they're going to say it's the way that you do something, not the fact that you do it. When in fact, it's not the way you're doing it. It's the fact that you're doing it for something they don't agree with. And as far as peaceful protests, I agree with peaceful protests. But in our history, what has peaceful protests ever gotten us? 
it's never gotten us anywhere. Okay, if you protest peacefully, you're ignored because it's easy to ignore peaceful protests. If you protest peacefully, it's easy to be quieted, suppressed. We are not condoning violence here. Um, we do not condone violence, rioting, looting, etc. But I think what Fernando's trying to say is that when a group of people feels so powerless and so oppressed for decades on end, they become desperate to be heard and the nice way isn't cutting it. So while we don't condone the violence, we understand the motivation behind it. And for me personally, let's let's go there. Let's talk about the George Floyd situation because I think for me, that was really the catalyst in really noticing how the people around me think and feel. I obviously strongly disagree with what happened to him. I am unconcerned with whether or not he was a criminal. I am unconcerned with whether or not he had a checkered past. That's not relevant, but people wanna make it relevant. People wanna find ways to justify murdering a person of color. There's no justification. I don't care what he did or didn't do. That was murder. And as a therapist, I analyzed the video and I saw it from the perspective of a therapist, of a clinician, of someone who's been to school, of someone who has training. And I found that this man suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and was having anxiety as a result. That could have easily been de-escalated by a mental health professional such as myself. He could have been hospitalized and received treatment. But that's not what happened. And so that's why I'm such an advocate for there needs to be more mental health resources available in general, but especially as it relates to the police force. That's the way it is. And a lot of people around me were making comments like, he was a criminal anyway, what does it matter? And that's just fundamentally flawed thinking. And frankly, alarming, because a human life is a human life, no matter what. If you guys are hearing noises, because Fernando got up and now he's back. <laughs> um, well, just to touch on the uh, George Floyd situation, we need to understand in our democracy that the fundamental responsibility of law enforcement is to serve and protect, protect and serve, right? Um, they do not have the right to choose who lives and who dies. They are not the judges and executioners of civilians. Their job is to 
mitigate situations and only use deadly force when absolutely possible to defend themselves and defend the lives of other people. Anyone who promotes anything else or who looks to justify the behaviors of police for hurting and killing people simply because somebody was a bad person is a flawed logic. Judges make those decisions. Our legal system is set up in such a way so that people have what's called due process and have an opportunity to be judged by their peers. Police officers do not have the authority to make unilateral decisions on human life. And the fact that this person was bad or not, which I'm not saying the man was, saying these are irrelevant. So the talking point of five years ago he committed a crime or he was on coke or whatever, I don't know the talking points. It doesn't matter whether it's real or not. Doesn't matter. These are irrelevant things. The minute a man, woman, is no longer a threat, then deadly force is off the table. However, for some reason, some people want to use excuses and create contrived arguments to justify the taking of a man's life unnecessarily. And this is simply because they don't value the life of a particular person for whatever reason, particularly because of their race or their gender or their social status or whatever it may be. Or their sexual orientation. Exactly. However, these same people that look for these contrived arguments, these statements to grasp at straws to justify and validize, validify, sorry, uh, the actions are the same people that if these same actions were done upon them, their child, their mother, their father would be outraged. If you see something happening, or happen to somebody and you're not okay with that happening to your mother and your father then you're not okay for it happening to them that's common human moral decency mm-hmm. and if you don't think like that then there's an issue that you need to resolve and look to yourself and see that my thought process my morals are wrong and I need to change them check your hearts and I think a great example that was viraling around uh, during the time of George Floyd was focusing on whether or not George Floyd committed a crime takes away from what actually happened. And it's the equivalent of accusing a woman of dressing too provocatively and therefore attracting the attention of her rapist. Why aren't we focusing on what the rapist did? A woman dressing provocatively is no excuse to be raped. None. No. Whatsoever. Doesn't matter if she's attracted. Doesn't matter if the man saw her and was so turned on that these things are not relevant. What he did was wrong. Now, you can, if it's your view or the opinion of, that women shouldn't dress that way. I don't agree or disagree with that. That's not relevant, but you're entitled to that opinion. You can say... The woman was very loose. She was a a whore. You can use those words if you want to. And maybe that's right. And even if she was a whore, even if she was naked, even if she had 
uh, her panties showing. It, it, I mean, all those things, you may not like it. I don't like it either. She still doesn't deserve to get raped. Nope. And the rapist is still wrong. And the same way George Floyd may or may have not been on drugs. He may or may not have a past. He may or may not have some sort of uh, issues in the past with law enforcement, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He did not deserve to die. He deserved to go to prison if he did indeed deserve to, to be put in the back of a police car. His life was taken simply because there was a person with the opportunity, the authority, and the ability to take his life who did not value his life. Because of his race. A little louder for the people in the back. Because of his race. Because people want to deny that race is an issue in this country. And I, I, I invite you and I encourage you right now in this moment as you're listening to my words. No matter what side you're on. Whether you support President Trump. Whether you are going to be voting for uh, former Vice President Biden or third-party candidate, whatever side you are on, I want you to check your hearts and increase your empathy. Increase your empathy for people that are not like you. If you are a person with lighter skin, acknowledge that that is a privilege that you have, that you did not earn, that you were born with. And that based on the color of our skin, we are still judged. And for the people in the back, can you go ahead and make a definition of what what privilege is? Because some people like to apply their own convoluted definition of that. Sure, a whole lot of privilege. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Fernando is a person of color. I am a light-skinned Latina. Fernando is Latino as well, darker skin. If we're both driving in two separate vehicles and we both get pulled over by police, Fernando has a greater chance of dying at the hands of a police officer. And I will simply get a slap on the wrist. Well, I, That is privilege. Well, why? White Privilege. Well, I do agree with what you said. I think it's a little simplistic um, of a definition. Well, I mean, you know, we want to make sure that everyone understands the concept. Yeah, no, I, and, and that's fine. But what I would add to that is that white privilege is just the privilege of just being given a certain level of respect. Because of the color of your skin. Just by default. By default. You a did certain, not work for it. You did not earn it. Just give me a certain level of leniency just based on your the color of your skin. And it doesn't mean that you didn't have a hard life. It doesn't I've had a very hard. difficult life, but not because of my skin color. And that's the point. White privilege is getting pulled over by a police officer and not automatically being assumed to be a threat because of your skin color. Mm-hmm. Because when you are black in this country, when you are a person of color, the assumption is that you're a threat. And you're treated that way. You're approached that way. You're approached as a potential 
problem. And if you do cause any kind of issue, turmoil, resisting arrest, argumentative, or when you're being difficult, or even when you're just merely stating the fact that you know your rights, that is seen as being aggressive. When as opposed to being white and acting in the same kind of way, you're seen differently. You're not a threat, or at least less of a threat. Okay, that is that is what the privilege is. And it doesn't just go to with regards to police, you know, pulling you over. It has to do with many facets of life, but that's just a very simplistic way. And this podcast is not gonna be long enough for us to explain the hundreds of ways white privilege works. It's just hundreds of ways. You know, the the fact that people of lighter skin are just favored, you know, majority favored in the workplace for promotions, favored for opportunities simply because of the color of their skin. Just the assumption that not based on their merit, not based on their merit. The assumption that, you know, tall, white, young man is intelligent, and the assumption that the tall, black, professional man is just a ghetto guy in a nice suit. The assumption, and these assumptions do play to people's preferences, and people do make decisions. The assumption that white is better. The assumption that the white guy is smarter. The assumption that the white guy who's aggressive is hardworking, he's a boss, he's smart, he's articulate, and the assumption that the same person who is black is a bad person, is aggressive, is ghetto. These assumptions hold people back. And this is what's meant by white privilege. There are many, many poor people, white people who are born into poverty. And I understand that. Not every white person is Jeff Bezos. White people have problems too, but none of their problems are derived from their skin color. Basically, what I want to tell you all is this. Remember back when you were in school, there was a kid that was always bullied, whether that kid was you or somebody else. If you were the kid that was being bullied, wouldn't you wish for somebody to advocate for you? Wouldn't you wish to have an ally? Wouldn't you wish to have somebody in your corner? And if you weren't bullied and you watched it happen and didn't do anything about it, that's okay. But now is the time to step up and protect other human beings. That's it. It's simple. Stand up for other people. Stand up for people. Be an advocate. Be a voice. Be an ally. And for me personally, I have just felt distraught. I mean, I am an empath. And living on Earth as an empath is exhausting. And I'm really struggling to understand why it's so difficult for people to support basic, basic, basic human rights. And so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But I want to thank Fernando as usual for his input. Thank you, Fernando. You're welcome. Appreciate you being here. And I welcome feedback. I welcome commentary. Please let me know what you think. If you're able to relate, 
I think it's pretty clear, even though, you know, we haven't said it outright, although I'm pretty sure I've said it on a previous episode, where Fernando and I both stand politically. If you are on the other side, how do you feel? Has this been weighing on your mental health, having differences with the people around you? I'm curious to hear how everyone is doing. And I hope that everyone is faring as well as possible. Sending everyone infinite amounts of love and blessings. Until next time.